to us. Fires, touchdown Miami. Waddle snuck into the end zone of Miami. Boy, tight throw, tight window. They had to get that touchdown on that play. They get it. What is up, Dolph fans? And welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield. And on today's show, it's a Friday. It's day three. The fans are back tomorrow. All good things here in South Florida. We have a shorter practice to cover today, but still plenty to get to. We also heard from a handful of veterans like Austin Jackson, Liam Eichenberg, Noah Igbenogany, Cedric Wilson, and Jerome Baker. We'll play the hits from there. And of course, all of the notes from a practice on a Friday from the Baptist Health Studios inside the Baptist Health Training Complex. This is the Drive Time Podcast. By the time you hear this, it might be Saturday and a welcome back, back together Saturday at that. And speaking of fans, as we'll have about 2,200 of you out here at the Baptist Health Training Complex, the expectation is that season tickets, season memberships will be sold out by next week, which would then create a waiting list for the 2023 season, which also would be the first time that's happened in Miami Dolphins history. So... We talk about excitement of the offseason. I've heard it and seen it from you guys on social media. It's in full force, and the proof is in the pudding. Fans are excited about this football team. So, to the practice field. Lots of work in the individual drills today, so it's going to be heavy on some finer points on things that stood out to me in my observations. And it started for me on this work that Austin Clark, Dolphins defensive line coach, was doing with Emmanuel Ogba, Zach Sealer, and Christian Wilkins And yesterday, we talked about the extra work that Zach and Christian do together. Today, they were helping Emmanuel work on a situation that he sees and defeats all the damn time, where two guys up front are on either shoulder of him, so his left and right outside shoulders, and he has to play a specific gap, right? And just watching and not knowing, you know, each rep's exact purpose, exact gap, exact responsibility, what stood out to me on the whole was something that translates over to 11-on-11 and ultimately game day, which is the entire point of practice, right? To get those reps to translate to game day. But it was the length and the pad level, two things that I think are pretty difficult to marry together when you have a player of that size and stature and that length. They work in such synergy for Ogba that it's not hard to see why this guy has been near the top of the league in pressures and run stops from the defensive end position the last couple of years. And that's why, you know, going back to when he signed in free agency and looking at his efficiency as member of the Kansas City Chiefs before he came to the Miami Dolphins. And then in training camp, you know, the Shaq Lawson, man, you got some heavy hands, bro, type of comments. Like that stuff all was coming together and spelled, you know, a couple of career years here for Emmanuel Ogba and now eventually a new contract here with the Miami Dolphins. There was a rep in the team period where I saw the exact same thing carry over. They run the ball in his direction. He engages between a couple of linemen, shuffles outside, stays low, disengages, and makes the play. You love seeing that translate over from one portion of practice to the team period. I also wrote in my notes that I think I might need earplugs when he's working on the dummy bag, the the big heavy tackling bag, because the hand slaps when he does that echo throughout the training complex and you can hear it from 50 yards away pretty loudly. So it's, it's fun to watch him do his work. But back to Sealer and Wilkins, and speaking of pressures and run stops, I mean, 
they have been two of the most efficient players in the NFL in that regard. And it's not hard to see why. They're always working, always getting extra reps, working on eyes, hands, pad level. And it carried over as both guys were in on plenty of run stuffs once again today. And man, Christian Wilkins is having a good of a camp as anybody out there for my money. Then my eyes took me over to the offensive line. And first, keep your eyes on 72 to Ron Armstead if you come out to practice. We've mentioned this all offseason. But the value that he adds just as a leader and sounding board, forget the on-field stuff for a second, just in those regards, it's so big for the young guys. And as I'm watching the guys go through these one-on-one reps, I see Tehran just play this smooth, patient, come out of your stance and come to balance and every bit of power you have loaded up in that lower half. And then as you make your punch, you explode through, up through the block, I should say, so that every ounce of force you offer is being felt by the man across from you. If you lean forward and you put your punch before the explosion happens, you know, you, you lose that resistance, you lose that force. So I see Teron Armstead do this. Then I peek over five yards, you know, down the field to the guy next to him. You know, they, they line up and like three guys will go and then the next three guys will go. There's Liam Eichenberg. And if not for his orange jersey, it might have been indiscernible. It looked the exact same. And he looks really refined technique-wise. And that's on top of the note we had yesterday about his IQ to see things develop on the field and to find work when his man doesn't come on the rush. It's really encouraging. The orange jersey for Liam Eichenberg today also just shows you kind of the progress he's making in year number two. Also on the offensive line. So just for some perspective on kind of what I'm watching in these periods, again, pad level is key. Low man wins. We know that. And so are the feet because the feet will always precede success or failure in every sport. Like even in, I don't know, does golf work? I'm new to, I'm new to golf as like a a real full-time golfer, but I I think feet are important. Maybe not. I don't know. Chubbs didn't talk about it. He said it's all in the hips. Anyway. With offensive line play, there's nothing more important. The quick feet, ankle flexibility, and seamless change of direction are all going to help an offensive lineman so, so much. Typewriter feet, right? You hear that? Like, that's left and right foot going back and forth. Watch Teron Armstead tape, and you'll find teaching tape as far as if you've got good feet, you've got a pretty good chance to be pretty good in this league. So, watching those guys get their work done, then I look over and watch number 65, Robert Jones, And, you know, it was nice of Liam to shout out Rob for giving him some rides when his car was in the shop this summer. But in watching him, I'm thinking, man, it's like Teron Armstead in the idea that it looks easy, but in an entirely different way. And I think it's just his wide build, which is obviously where this wide base that I keep referencing comes from, where he's in his pass set and his sheer mass is just so damn noticeable. And it's a much bigger chunk of real estate for his man to have to get around, right? Pass rushers are often taught to rush one shoulder so you're not getting the bulk of the man. And Jones's width and his ability to bend at the knees allows him to kind of stay in that pass set and kind of be relaxed while still offering, you know, (laughs) multiple feet that you have to get around as far as his just sheer width. Those things to me really stood out today watching Robert Jones in those uh, individual portions. And then finally... Just to put a bow on my notes from Indies, I wanted to watch the quarterbacks throw on air, and in particular, Tua with Tyreek. And first on Tua here real quick, his timing to me looks the best that it ever has, even in the on-air drills. Like seeing him put the ball in the same location for the same route each time where he knows like this relationship between the timing of his drop, 
the requisite velocity of each pass and where it has to be. It's like this math equation where if I throw the ball at this time, at the speed that I know I want to throw it with to this location, you know, the teacher says, show your work, please. The answer after you show your work is a ball on the upfield shoulder on the face mask, which is all a precursor for yak. We want to yak teams to death, right? You see that all the damn time in practice out here. More on that in just a second. And then Tyreek's route running. Everything he does looks the same, but it also doesn't. What do I mean by that? Is that there are no tells in the stem. Every different route you run, you want to look the same, right? You want your comeback to look like your takeoff, to look like your back shoulder, to look like your post. But he also has these little head nods and leans and cuts and steps that he can vary in there within the same route to make it look different. So you want all of your out routes to look different from the ones you ran previously. So did I describe that adequately? Ultimately, the end result is keeping the DB guessing until you actually break off the stem. So every route, every different route needs to look the same. And each of your five or six, whatever routes of the same route you run needs to look different. That sounds confusing, but I think, I think you get it. I think I get it. I think it was described well enough that you, if not, let me know. All right, we did have a nice team period and some one-on-ones. I watched the receivers and cornerbacks on this occasion because sometimes you have to make a choice. You can't watch it all at once. So I watched those guys. Let's go ahead and cover the one-on-ones. Then we'll get to the team stuff after our first break. But in the one-on-ones, there was a ball from Tua to Tyreek to kind of continue that theme there where he catches a short pass on the outside. And man, the ball, just the the location, the timing of this ball was so perfect. There's so much that goes into a, a, a really good ball. You know, with velocity, location, timing, all that stuff. And right when Tyreek stops and puts his, you know, hands where the ball's supposed to be, it's there. And then Tua comes back and rips the slant to Jalen Waddle, who got pressed pretty good by Noah Igbenogany. But once again, the ball is perfect. It just stuck to his hands. Igbenogany's on his back. Like, if the ball's not located out in front, there's no way it gets completed. But the pass is right in this position where Jalen can just simply extend his arms away from his body and he's such a good hands catcher that he can do that. And Igbo, just he, there's no way he can get to the ball because if he wants to get through to the ball, he has to go through Waddle. So it's like the, the old adage, right? There's no defense for a perfect pass. And this play, to me, was just three professionals showing off their craft. And man, that's my favorite damn thing about camp. Wins all around, and we don't necessarily worry about the results because just like on this next one, the result was not indicative of the play by the defender. And we want a good process more than results at this point. So on the one play, Igbenogany runs this route right in step with Waddle. Another one coming back to the quarterback. And it was the transition from, hey, I got to make sure that I have depth to get deep on this 4-2 guy because he can run by me if he, if he so chooses, to then stick your foot in the ground and drive forward on the ball. And there's just not an inch of wasted movement. He reaches around, swats that thing up in the air, and it gets deflected into the air, and Waddle catches it because that's just what he does. He catches everything. But what a good rep there between those two guys and the quarterback as well for putting the football where it needs to be. And there was a, you know, I've talked about this, I don't know how many times now, but looking at Igbo's Auburn tape, there was a rep against Van Jefferson against Florida where he, it's the same thing. Like he's, he sells the takeoff. He comes back. Jefferson does. And Igbo like puts his foot in the ground, flips the hips and transitions forward all in the same motion. Saw some more of that out there today. And speaking of those awesome reps, there was one where Nick Needham is all over Cedric Wilson. But again, Tua puts the ball right on his body and just kind of sticks the football in there for a contested catch. 
Speaking of tough contested catch receivers, Eric Ezukama, he's He's been impressive through the first couple of days here. He gets on top for a big ball in the one-on-ones. His physicality continues to stand out so far throughout camp, not just in securing the contested catches, but stemming and stacking where you get the defensive back on your back, and then from there you basically box them out. I asked Cedric Wilson what stands out about the rookie, and he said, size and physicality. (laughs) Strong agree there. Uh, On the defensive side, Trill Williams had maybe the best rep of the day with a physical reroute. Man, his length and physicality gets him some really nice reps and press coverage. You've been seeing that so far throughout camp. And then finally, there was a play with Xavier Howard on Tyreek Hill. I'm sure you saw it by now on our socials, at Miami Dolphins on Twitter and IG and Facebook. Just Xavier doing what he does, staying in phase, finds the football, and makes a play on it for the PBU. All right, let's go ahead and take a break and come back with some of the details from the team period. And I want to look at some notes from the Warren Sharp season preview mag. That's next here on the Drive Time Podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield. We are brought to you by AutoNation. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Back here on the Friday edition of the Drive Time Podcast, and I wanted to go ahead and take a look on a day where we have a little extra room to talk about this stuff here on the podcast. The Warren Sharp 2022 Season Preview Mag, about 500 pages of of just knowledge and information. He does great work to teach you about the league and your team and, and trends and things of that nature. And one of the things that I thought was very interesting was a story they put in the beginning of the book, the mag, I don't know what you want to call it, about the increase last year of two high safety shells to help limit explosive pass plays in the NFL. And they talk about two high shells being used on at least 50% of snaps last year per Sports Info Solutions, but zero teams used some version of a two high coverage on over 50% of the pass plays. The highest team was at 45% and 15 teams were at 40%. And he writes, those pre-safety, pre-snap safety alignments are about having the flexibility to show one thing and change the look after the snap. This is also a big reason for the increase in safety value and versatility. Having safeties that can play all over the secondary allows for more deception with these rotations. And I wanted to read that for you guys because what does Javon Holland do, right? What does Brandon Jones do? What does Eric Rowe do? Like there are so many versatile safeties on this team that can play multiple roles. Nick Needham last year filling in when Holland was out 
in that deep safety position you know, for the first time in his career. And I just, I, I read this and I thought about the Dolphins defense. I thought about, you know, the Tyreek Hill acquisition along with Jalen Waddell and what it means for the Dolphins offense going up against these defenses that are playing more kind of, you know, don't blitz as much, play more coverage, play too high. The opportunity for teams to have to play that way because of the speed the Dolphins have with Hill and Waddle, but also then that takes a hat out of the box in the running game. I just thought it was an interesting shift because the league is kind of going more towards like, just don't allow explosive, we'll be less aggressive. And then you have this Dolphins defense that thrives on their aggressiveness and how they're able to get pressure and force the issue and really dictate what the offense does. It's really interesting to me. And they also write this note here as a result of the shifting structures across the league, passing to both the intermediate level of the field, 11 to 19 yards, and the deep passes, 20 plus, produce the lowest EPA per attempt from offenses since the 2017 season. That's expected points added uh, is the EPA metric there. So we talked about the Dolphins finding a lot of success in that intermediate portion of the field during practice so far. Last year in the NFL, that was that was down across the board big time. So we'll see how the league adjusts this year. Where the Dolphins have, I think, the weapons to make teams really have to defend all levels of the field. And then, again, here's how the offense reacted to that. Offenses have gotten the ball out quicker and shorter passes have increased. The average depth of target has dropped over the past three seasons from 8.18 in 2019 to 7.79 in 2020, and then last year per True Media, 7.75 yards was the average depth of target across the NFL, and the rate of passes thrown at or behind the line of scrimmage has risen each year since 2013, and in 2021, 71.4% of passes in the NFL were thrown within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. Three out of four passes just about within 10 yards. And I want to give you two of stats here because he has metrics for these uh, for the rankings as far as accuracy goes. So Tua last year in Sharps on target metric measurement was number eight overall in inaccuracy in accuracy. Sorry, that I stumbled my words there sounded like inaccuracy. In accuracy. He was number three on deep passes, number one on short passes, number three in the red zone, number three versus zone, number two with his feet planted, 18th versus man coverage. And with Tyreek and Waddle, going to be a lot harder to play man coverage, so maybe more of that number three rank against the zone there. So interesting stuff there from Warren Sharp. Check it out, the Warren Sharp 2022 season preview. Let's go ahead and finish up this segment talking about the team period, which was brief on Friday, but also gave us plenty of content too. It was almost poetic as we look at the couple of big plays that happened on Friday. I was literally writing in my notebook how the deep passing lanes, and this kind of coincides with the Warren Sharp stuff, just haven't really been that open. And my thought is that Javon Holland's, you know, second year emergence and, and continuing progression is responsible for a lot of that. One, because he has absurd range, but also two, as we saw Thursday, his instincts and prep work has him playing even faster with an increase even more in his range. And as I'm writing that, Braylon Sanders gets downfield right right up on the perimeter, like right towards the sidelines, and Tua shoots this absolute dime that's just out of reach for the underneath defender. It reminded me of the throw against the Jets to Devontae Parker last year, where he threw it away from the leverage into space and allowed his receiver to go make a play. And Nick Needham is there. Like if this ball's underthrown by even a foot, he probably gets a hand on it. And then with a deflection, you know, Snowman probably catches it. And then over the top, here comes the Snowman, who is also one foot away 
from making a big play, but instead it's Colonel Sanders, Braylon Sanders, who was a big play machine at Ole Miss, who catches it and strolls in from roughly 50 yards out, give or take a few yards. He was either midfield or the 48 yard. I don't know. It was close. 52, 50, 48 yards, gold jacket, green jacket. Then a few plays later, Tua tries a deep shot to Waddle, and Holland does get to this one. And it's not just a pass breakup, it's a leaping, high-pointing catch that, I mean, it looked like a wide receiver was making the play. It's so much fun to watch him do his thing. I, I'm having a hard time picking out who I enjoy watching the most in this team because there's a guy to every, just about every spot <laughs> that gets me fired up to watch them play football. As for Tua, that was the first pick of camp. So taking care of the football, but just continuing to have a lot of success in that intermediate passing game. I wrote about this on the notebook up on MiamiDolphins.com, how today specifically there were some good pockets to work with, but the coverage was consistently pretty dang good. And I kept saying this, but the defense, they just, they look ready to roll like from day one. And that's only going to help the offense because a lot of the time in order for the offense to have a successful play, they have to be incredibly precise. As I mentioned earlier with guys challenging things every step of the way, like Igbenogany was doing it. X was in great shape on all the reps I saw. Nick Needham as well. Trill Williams, Cater Cahoe, all firing the football. But even just beyond that, coverage that forces the quarterback to tuck it and go to check it down or just simply throw it away. The thing I like most about the offense or the quarterbacks in this instance is they're just not forcing things. They're not going to take chances and, and put the ball in harm's way because again, to McDaniel's point on Thursday, complimentary football with the strong defense, like let's not turn the ball over. There was another pick, this one from Duke Riley, who dropped in the coverage on a ball from Teddy Bridgewater looking for River Craycraft, go Cougs. John Jenkins is in his face and maybe that caused the ball to come up just a little bit short because that's where uh, Duke Riley is able to get some depth and pick that pass off. But man, he really, he leapt for that one. It was a nice looking pick. I thought it was Nick Needham, you know, number 40, number 45, kind of saw the four on the jersey, just tells you about the athletic ability there of Duke Riley. Speaking of athletic linebackers, Darius Hodge is having a really good camp so far. He's made a lot of plays, had a few more today. And then up front, Christian Wilkins, 94 is in the backfield a lot in the running game. Raekwon Davis was stacking things up for the second straight day as well. And then on the other side, there were some explosive runs in this practice. I think I think Raheem Mostert had a 60-yard touchdown gash. He stretches it wide, hits it back up in there, and we got to see him open up that speed for the full length for a 60-yard touchdown run. The reason I say I think is because it's not live tackling, but I'm pretty sure he would have scored. And then I think, I think Savon Ahmed had one too because he had a very clear lane and he made a nice move at that second level where if he makes the guy miss there, he's also gone. So there was a lot of good blocks to make those types of things happen, obviously. I noted that on those on those plays, Austin Jackson and Rob Hunt had key blocks on one of them. And then another one, Larnell Coleman, Robert Jones, and John Lovett had big blocks. Speaking of big Rob, Robert Hunt, not Rob Jones. Uh, back to the individual stuff there. The way Robert Hunt moves people without even attaching is something to watch. Like w- when you see a pancake, typically a guy latches on and drives and you see him finish with the hands and the chest plate and they bury him into the ground. When I was watching the line working on catch and climb drills, the double teams where you have two guys sync up on one guy up front and then you have a lineman come off of that and get to the second level and take on a linebacker in the individual drills, you know, you connect that hip to hip, shoulder to shoulder to keep that block secure. And he would just get knocked back on the original guy when all he's doing is tucking a shoulder into him and just running through it. it. It speaks to his power and the way he plays the game. 
I think that's all I have for today. Let's go ahead and take our last break and we'll come back with some more player media from Friday. The Drive Time Podcast, your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Back here on a Friday edition of the Drive Time Podcast, we're going to roll out some media availability. If you guys want to watch these in their entirety, I believe they're going to be up on the YouTube channel, Miami Dolphins YouTube channel. Let's go ahead and start here with Dolphins cornerback Noah Igbenogany, who was asked about how much of a difference does it make for you playing and being coached by guys like Sam Madison and Pat Sertan, who were so dang good. Here's the Dolphins cornerback, Noah Igbenogany. Uh, they're just, um, it, it brings a whole different type of experience um, to, to the room. Um, we already have X and Byron, um, two people that's been playing this position for a very long time. And when you add, um, when you add Sam Madison, you add Pat Sertain, that just, that's four right there. That just, they, they played this, this game at a really high level um, at my position. So I'm just able just to soak, soak everything in just to learn. I just watch and learn and listen and um, apply it to my game. And uh, whatever they tell me, um, I do so. And how about some of the tricks of the trade those guys have caught no have taught Noah rather and how he's applied them? Here's Noah. Uh, I would say really just staying on the receiver, staying as close as possible to the receivers and not really letting them breathe, honestly, because um, I remember I used to play the receiver and I didn't like that. Um, a corner always in my face, a corner always pressing me, a corner always just putting their hands on me. Like, I don't like that. A lot of receivers don't like that, especially now. And so um, he's taught me that and just doing it every single play, not just one play and, um, and, and being lackadaisical on it, but showing up to the line every time uh, that man is called and doing it count like play after play after play after play and not just one play, like I said before. And so, yeah, he's taught me that, and uh, he's going to teach me so many other things. And I'm just, man, I'm just uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm waiting to see what we do. Bro. And Igbenogany was out there talking about his diet, how he's now a vegan or been a vegan for the last year or so, and he's cut down that body fat percentage, working really hard. That was one, something we knew about him in the pre-draft process, just how hard this guy works. And it's, it's cool to see him continue to get better and improve each year, each practice, each day here. Let's go ahead and finish up with one last thing here. He was asked about what's the best advice cornerback Xavier Howard has given you here's Noah uh, again just to come to work every single day not really worried about um yesterday or um or last year or two years ago but to worry about be present today uh, not worry about tomorrow but come to practice every day and just worry about that day because um, corner yeah like, everybody's gonna get beat um, you're gonna have mistakes you're not gonna be perfect uh, but how can you bounce back the next play and the next play after that and just being consistent play after play after play is not just doing it one time um, you got to be able to do it over and over again so Let's pick it up here with Liam Eichenberg, who had the orange jersey in practice and has had a nice week so far, uh, week one, I should say, of Dolphins practice. He was asked about honing in on his position this offseason and what he's been looking for with this offense and how it might benefit his skill set. Here's Dolphins offensive lineman Liam Eichenberg. Yeah, um, I would say so. I think it, it makes it a lot easier with this offense. I think this offense is, for me personally, a good fit. Um, it's kind of similar to what we did in Notre Dame a little bit, you know, running off the ball, so... It's been going well. Um, I would say the biggest thing this offseason is kind of, you know, not going through that draft process and kind of being able to work out and not train for like a 40 bench press, stuff like that. Just kind of getting strong and, you know, eating, eating better, putting on weight, stuff like that. 
Up next, Liam was asked about the mentorship of Teron Armstead and Connor Williams and having that experience to lean on. Here's a Dolphins second-year lineman talking about a couple of guys brought in this offseason, veterans along the Dolphins' offensive line. It's definitely nice having two guys that have played for other teams and you know going into their second contract, uh, especially Connor played left guard, and then Teron, he's played tackle, and he's also been around such great guards. Um, you know, I love Jesse. Jesse, I thought, did a good job for us. But it's definitely nice having two of those guys instead of one. You can have more eyes, you know, more uh, information. I think one thing you notice about the Dolphins offensive line group, in addition to the athletic ability that Coach McDaniel mentions every time these guys come up, is the intelligence that they offer. And you can hear it in the way they speak and communicate about techniques and planning. Here's Eichenberg talking about the shorter condensed practices and the more reps they get in. I think it's great. You know, we have, we have walkthroughs, we have feet meets, you know, during the meetings, you know, just kind of running it through my mind and everything like that. So I think it's been good. And then you know, I'm still on the no-car grind, so that's uh, that's all good. But it's been fun. It's been good. Let's pick it back up here with another intelligent, really, really articulate offensive lineman here for the Miami Dolphins and Austin Jackson, who I just I love to hear from. Plus, he told me today that WSU is the hardest stadium in the Pac-12 to play in because of the noise. Go Cougs, baby. But uh, he was asked about the mentorship of Teron Armstead, what he focuses on, technique stuff. And, you know, we'd, we've seen all about Teron, his mentorship, and what he does with the offensive line masterminds. Here's Austin Jackson talking about the impact of Teron Armstead helping him with his game and his technique. Definitely technique stuff. Definitely technique. He is a technician. Um, you know, definitely hearing a lot of his teaching points on um, just having good body leverage and giving me, you know, just having tools to utilize your athleticism with technique. So it's definitely been very helpful from him. He's a, you know, he's a big vet for us. So it's definitely a lot of knowledge there. And how challenging has this offense been to learn for an offensive lineman? Here's Austin Jackson. Challenging, I wouldn't say challenging. It's actually been very exciting to learn this offense, honestly. I think every install, I like, you know, we get to learn a new, a new little uh, page of our, of our scheme. You know, it excites me. Um, it gets me excited to get on the field and execute. And we heard Liam Eichenberg talking about coming off the ball and attacking and, and being a little more, I should say, less hesitation and, and less reaction, more just go get it. And, you know, Liam said, well, the defense always has to react to the offense. You heard Austin Jackson say something similar as well. But here's the question posed to Austin Jackson about the attacking, coming off the ball aspect of the scheme for an offensive lineman. So, you know, our biggest advantage on offense is we know the snap count. And we know with play we're running. The defense's job is to react. It's our job to attack, even though we kick backwards. <laughs> Most majority of the pass pros, our job is still to attack. Um, that makes a huge difference in our approach to the game. I think it's very similar to how I was coached at USC as well. So it's kind of like getting to my fun- fundamentals for me and uh, my mindset. Staying on the offense, but moving to the receiver position and new Dolphins receiver Cedric Wilson Jr. coming over from the Cowboys this offseason. In free agency, I asked him about, you know, the multiple combinations we see at the receiver position where you can be with Tyreek and Jalen one play. The next play, you can be with a couple of rookies. Like, how does that help the offense get more streamlined? How does it help you guys come together and put this all together and get on the same page with different combinations? Here's Cedric Wilson. Um, I mean, it helps me and my aspect of um, whether I've got to help the next guy out or he has to help me out. It's um, just going out there knowing the assignment and either um, getting the job done with whoever's next to you or pushing the guy next to you to get the job done like you are. And how about your quarterback, Ced? How, what have you picked up so far about Tua Tungavailoa and working with him? Here's Cedric Wilson. Uh, he can throw. He can throw that ball. It's accurate, and he's always on point, and uh, 
he's going he's going to joke with you, but as soon as we get in the huddle, it's it's time to go. Uh, he's I mean he knows what he's talking about when he's saying it. Um, he's very knowledgeable of the playbook, and you can definitely tell the intensity once you're in the huddle and once we line up. You know he's going to get his job done, so you better get yours done. Let's finish up here with Cedric Wilson with a question I had for him about the value of Muhammad Sanu, who Coach McDaniel talked about his veteran presence and the knowledge of the offense, but also Trent Sherfield and River Craycraft having knowledge in this offense. What has their value been in that receiver's room to help everybody get up to speed? Here's Cedric Wilson. Uh, they're extremely helpful. Shoot, I sit next to probably, I think, I actually think I sit next to all three of them. So always asking them questions on the side when Wes is installing or Mike's installing. Um, and to they both, they both have been in it for a while, sitting right next to me. And then um, Mo, he definitely has the vet, vet status of it. So he's taking it to the next step of just overall helping me with the football game. On to the defensive side of the football thing, our only defender we talked to today, uh, Jerome Baker. And he was asked about the additions on defense, a couple of guys in particular, Melvin Ingram and Channing Tindall. Here is Dolphins' fifth-year linebacker, Jerome Baker. So it sounds crazy to hear that, talking about first-year Dolphin Melvin Ingram and first-year pro Channing Tindall. Melvin, man, he's – the guy is just explosive, man. He's he's the only guy – he's a veteran. He knows what he's doing. Um you know, when he just pop on a film, you know, he can just make plays. Um, you know, with Channing, you know, he's young, but you can see all the potential he has. Um, you know, just with any rookie, you're just trying to get the playbook down. You're just trying to get the hang of everything. Um, but you can just tell he's just trying to get it right, and that's all that matters. You know, get it, try to get it right and go as hard as you can, and he does that. So uh, he definitely has a bright future. Very last one here, and we end the way we started it, talking about the Dolphins selling out season ticket memberships. Here's Jerome Baker on Dolphins fans, the rabid fan base, and how excited he is to have a packed Hard Rock Stadium all year long in 2022. Here's Jerome Baker. I mean, that, that sounds like it's going to be some good games. It's going to be exciting games. and um, You know, our fans always just come with the energy, no matter you know what we're doing on the field. And I always appreciate that. Um, the fans, the community, the organization, they all just behind us as you know, a whole. So um, it's definitely a good one. And I'm excited, man. I'm truly excited. There you have it. Fun podcast today. Fun week so far. I, I, I think you guys probably can hear it in my voice how it, the tune changes a little bit when we have actual football to talk about and to get into. It's I feel c- kind of got the goosies, man. Like I'm so pumped up for football season. My Mariners are looking pretty good, although... Jason Jenkins as Astros keep on teaching us a lesson or two, but I'm fired up, man. I'm fired up tomorrow for you guys to all come out here and see this team for yourselves firsthand. All the fans are going to be on hand at practice. If you are around, come say what's up. I'll be in the top right corner of the bleachers. I like to get that high vantage point. And also the breeze up top, very, very helpful to get that wind at your back opposed to being down lower where there's not so much breeze and you're kind of in that hot, muggy air. If you guys didn't see it, the NFL Network was out here today. You can find the interviews with Mike McDaniel, Tua Tungavailoa, Tyree Hill and Jalen Waddle were together. Xavier Howard and Javon Holland were together. I'll get those retweeted on social to help streamline it for you guys as well. I believe if you go to NFL.com or you know the NFL app, you can find it there as well. So at Winkle NFL to find that on my timeline, NFL.com. Otherwise, in the meantime, that's going to be my time. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. You can follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank Podcast with Seth and Juice and our weekly Twitter Spaces show every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. Check out the YouTube channel for media availabilities and Dolphins today. And last but not least, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up, Caroline. Daddy's coming home.